What's good guys, Ross Potter here and this is the RP Coaching Podcast where we'll talk about training, nutrition, mindset and everything in between. Created with you in mind, this podcast aims to educate and help you to tick those boxes daily. If you do enjoy the content, show me a little love, subscribe and share. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, guys. And today we are here with um, Ian Vought, the man himself, the wizard, and Steve Morgan. So the three of us have teamed up in a conversation-style sit-down yet again. And today we want to cover the the kind of fitness myths, um, diet, and training-related. So, guys, welcome um, to to another episode. Hi. Hey, Ross. How you doing? Um, so I thought we'd 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 kick off. Um, by talking about detox diets, um, what you guys have heard, what you know of it, um, and let's just open up the conversation to to myth number one: Will a detox diet detox me? <laughs> cool. um, I'd probably say, from my point of view, um, it can, but most detoxification diets out there miss fun fundamentals of detoxification. So. Um, things like teas and um, uh, general sort of juice fasts and things like that, it generally doesn't have the essential nutrients that you need to actually detoxify because um, within the body, especially in the liver and the kidneys, you're going to find um, two, two major pathways. Um, so let's call them P1 and P2 for short. Um, but basically the first, first pathway is going to need, uh, well, uh, amino acids. So first off, you're going to need to make sure you're eating enough protein to get those amino acids to grab a, grab a hold of the toxin in your body. And the second part, you're going to need your vitamins and minerals. So you'll need your vegetables and all that kind of stuff. And then that's going to be able to grab hold of that cleave and then drag it out of the body. So if you don't have both of these in a detoxification program, then it's just not going to work. And most people have the, the second bit there. So most people have a lot of vegetables and fresh fruits and supposed alkalizing foods. Um, but they don't have the protein side of things, so they don't have the amino acids that's actually going to get that process going, which means it's essentially useless. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I looked at a, a, an, an old study. Uh, I think it was 2009, back when the whole uh, skinny teas and all those sorts of things were coming in. Um, and it said that the there was 10 of the kind of biggest detox companies um, were sat down, they were questioned, about what they are actually, de- you know, what they are actually detoxing within the body, um, and every single one of them couldn't name one toxin that they were eliminating through, through um, these these kind of um, these kind of diets. So, right. yeah, in, yeah, interesting interesting um, topic for conversation, Steve. Yeah, um, like with, with a lot of this stuff, exactly as Ian says, like. Um, most of the things aren't actually going to do or what they claim on the box. Now, it depends on what you're trying to detox from. It depends on the levels of toxification, if you want to call that, that you have as well. But I mean, at the end of the day, we have the tools in our organs to do the detoxification. Now, what you're <laughs> doing when you're, if you're at, if you're running optimally anyway, which let's face it, most people aren't, um, 
you shouldn't need to detox as such. It's only when something's out of balance that you need to do something. Now, Ian says uh, the exact right thing. You've got to find out what you're actually trying to do, what you're trying to detox from, what the, uh, the detox protocol, or if you want to call it that, that you're going to use, is it actually going to be efficient for what you're, you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Right. I think in my, in my sort of field, a lot of the time, it's sort of estrogens or xenoestrogens. Yeah. Those kind of toxic pollution from plastics, um, from the environment, sort of pollution, which obviously is a lot less now. Um, but then, so our foods. Um, so yeah. people eating organic, they're ingesting pesticides, herbicides, all this kind of stuff. And that's sitting in our, in, in fat. A lot of people don't know fat stores toxins. So there's a hundred times more. Uh, toxic material in our fat cells than there is in our bloodstream. So anytime you want to detoxify or get rid of body fat, all that toxic crap has to be poured into your bloodstream so your liver and your kidneys can detoxify it and get rid of it. But of course, if you don't have the raw nutrients that you need to actually get the detoxification pathways working, then you're just not going to be able to do it. So people usually sort of shoot themselves in the foot by uh, not eating the right things and not doing the proper detoxification protocol. Yeah, so I think um, I think maybe a better way to look at it, a clearer way to look at it would be to, you know, I've discussed this with both you guys on separate occasions, but to detox from a potential issue which is causing an intolerance or you have an intolerance to. So, you know, if we were looking at bloating, which is, again, a massive issue, especially with me and Steve, I know with clients who maybe suffer from... <laughs> I was just saying, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at Steve right now and I'm thinking, hmm... What is that? <laughs> but yeah, so again, that that's that that's a massive point that again we might as well raise is is it better than to instead of looking at uh, a detoxification tea to look at what you potentially might be intolerant to detox from that and see how that has a response on the body. In terms of teas, uh, basically the teas are just there to make you, if you don't mind me swearing, shit yourself. So, because um, <laughs> so, they're, they're saying that you're detoxing because you're getting crap out of the body. And obviously that's quite, the way. Quite literally, yeah. Pardon yeah. the pun. Just legal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. matter. So it's, um, so yeah, so it is a, is a matter of people thinking, right, I'll, this will, this is detoxifying me. But, and one of the ways we get rid of things is through um, fecal material and uh, our urine. So, so it's a great way to sort of get things out. But of course, if we haven't had the initial stages of detoxification, then it's not going to be doing what we want it to do. And mm -hmm. yeah, like I say, I've, I've had quite a few clients in, in, my, in the past, um, especially getting ready for weddings where they're like, right, I need to just lose weight quick. I'm going to take this tea. Apparently it's helpful. And they'll be on this basically assisted tea for like... It's just a diuretic. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah. And the long-term effects of that, especially when you're having something that's basically a laxative, is you actually decrease your peristaltic rhythms in your bowel, which means after you come off it, you may not be able to go for like a week. So, and even after that, it can have a knock-on effect. And I've had clients in the past have been addicted to laxatives um, for a, just even a couple of years um, and they just don't really have the, the rhythmic waves anymore to move things through their bowels which of course then makes them even more toxic for the long term and obviously leads to a lot of other uh, issues. <laughs> I think I think that leads quite nicely on to maybe the, the main reason as to why people would follow a detox is a rapid weight loss. So You've all heard it. You know, everybody's probably been through that stage at some point, seen the advert on TV, 
spoken to a, a mum in the playground. Oh, you know, I've dropped a stone in a week um, or X, Y, Z, whatever situation you want to put yourself in. Um, and I think that is probably the biggest cause for concern when we look at, especially looking at detox, um, is that initial sheer rapid weight loss. But I think the lack of education from the public side is that the weight being lost is not fat. And there you go. I think that's the main point, probably one of the biggest points of this podcast is that the weight that you have lost in the space of a seven day period, drinking your, um, let's call it poo tea. Um, <laughs> the new one, the is, new Ross Potter yeah, one coming out. Is not <laughs> fat. It is not the fat that you have lost. So, yeah, what expand on that. Yeah, I, Ian, are you going? Uh, you can okay. go for it if you've got. Okay, so, so yeah, first of all, that's probably my biggest hate uh, in the industry is basically when people um, look at celebrities and go, ah, oh, but they did this and they lost so much weight in blah, 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 whatever time. First of all, you don't know anything that's going on. Their before or after photos, whatever could be manipulated, all this kind of stuff. But exactly as you say, that first week when they start their diet protocol, their detoxification, all they're losing is fucking water. So excuse my French. Basically, they are they <laughs> yeah, are yeah. using their their, their their diuretics. They're um, flushing through their system. Yes, pulling out a load of water. They might have lost a pound, maybe a pound and a half of body fat if they've done some decent training and been in calorific deficit as well. Which obviously they would be if they're doing a massive detox. Yep. So, but then they're they're advertising this. Oh, look at this! You can use this, uh, and you'll you'll get these results. And they're just setting themselves up for future failure. They're causing themselves the digestive issues. They are um, not enabling themselves to actually do something which is sustainable to actually yeah. pr promote good fat loss, as in actually yeah. burn fat cells. So yeah. uh, uh, in the industry, I think we're constantly fighting that just because people are advertising that this works and uh, falsely yeah. advertising that this works. Yeah, I think I have, have a sort of saying I usually use, which is whatever gets you the first sort of 20% of results won't get you the next 20% of results. And so okay. to say to someone, here's the one thing I do that gets me, makes me look like this, um, and it's a celebrity or whatnot, it's like, it's just a load of BS. It's just not yeah, going to yeah. be actually yeah, works. I think, so. I think the dangerous thing then is, you know, we've seen it with um, obviously completely different end of the spectrum but competitors on a rebound when they've been in such a deficit that when they go back to trying to eat normally we get a massive surplus and a really really dangerous rebound which um is not just a case of putting on the five six pounds that you lost in fluid but then the mental stress which comes with gaining that extreme amount of weight so you go from the extreme highs of losing seven pounds and feeling like you can get into your jeans to seven days, 14, 28 days later, gaining seven, 14, 28 pounds the opposite way, which in this climate work with mental health, the way it is at the moment is a seriously dangerous factor. Mm. Um, I think, I think yeah, with body, sorry, um, with no, bodybuilding no, no. stuff, well, it, it can be, um, a, especially with you know the Instagram generation that we're dealing with now it's like if almost bodybuilders um, you know a lot of them you'll see online 
they they always look like they're in the greatest shape of their life. But I, I know many of them who are, you know, in a great, great shape for like two, three weeks. And then they take thousands and thousands of photos, go to, you know, photo shoots and then constantly post them over the next like year or so when they're completely out of shape. Um, well, and it, coming from coming from competing myself. Yeah. You know, while this is something that a lot of those those, let's say, general pop don't understand is you're only that lean for the one day of the year. Yeah. You're only you know, your whole year is based on one day. So. Yes, for the for the first 14, 16, 20, 28 weeks, whatever you are leaning down, you are looking great. For at least six months of the year, you're probably looking pretty fluffy, pretty fat. And what people would consider, oh, you know, the norm. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because of, like, say, in, in terms of mental health and stuff these days, people are looking um, for perfection all the time and they can find it. Of course, all these doctor uh, sort of uh, pictures and I'm seeing, you know, obviously at the moment, home workouts are a big thing. And you've got these guys who have been, you know, bodybuilders, you know, for the last 10 years and an absolute gigantic. And they're going on about, oh, yeah, you can you don't have to have equipment at home. You can do this. And they're doing a bit of skipping and a few push ups. And you're like, you do not look like that because if you did a home work. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's be serious. Oh, oh, Steve so, does. Steve does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got the uh, my my own gym at the moment, so I'm able to continue using, which yeah. I'm sure obviously a lot of people are jealous of at this stage. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, let's face it. Sorry, going back to the bodybuilding thing as well. Let's face it. Bodybuilding is, I would argue, the if you want to call it a sport, the least unhealthy sport that there is. Um, oh, hands maybe, down. Maybe it, maybe maybe yeah, sumo wrestling. Uh, I might give you that as well. Um, but, at least they don't eat rice. Yes, exactly. But but things um, in, in bodybuilding can be done and can be done healthier. You can still achieve, maybe not the extreme extreme. So if you want to be the elite number one person in the world, but you can achieve that uh, similar or almost as lean by doing a, a healthier protocol. Not all this bro science that has been done for the last 60, 70 years, whatever that uh, people are doing now. And then we're coming back to the, the mental health side of it as well. Um, all these people, yes, they, uh, they train. And I use this as my own analogy, as I use um, training as my makeup. Um, like women put on makeup because they feel better about themselves when they go out and they like to be seen with that. I train because I like to feel good, get the endorphins. And then if I manage to achieve anything that makes me look slightly better than I did before, that makes me a little bit more prouder. To, to actually uh, have that and kind of uh, go out and, and be my makeup. Now, you're thinking of bodybuilders. They, they see themselves for that last bit of the prep when they are in peak condition, and they believe that they're losing it straight away when they rebound back. And it's now, they then, do they think, well, am I ever going to be able to achieve this again? Am I doing the right things? It's constantly questioning yourself, is it ever going to happen again? But that's when someone needs to coach someone and just say, look, you can do this. It will be done. You just got to do it the right way and not rebound so hard. Reverse yeah. dieting. Yeah. It's control. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting the gut health back. It's getting, the, the, it's getting everything working again optimally. That's, uh, well, I think, I think a big about. part of it is getting your, first and foremost, is getting your mindset back yeah. to, let's call it the normal 
um, and getting out of whilst it's probably very, very hard. I mean, I've been in it myself to get out of the let's call it proud but never satisfied mentality um, to try and go back to appreciating a bit of cake or having a glass of wine at the weekend. Um, but still doing that, as you've said, in a reverse diet where we can bring the body out naturally and gradually without um, having a rebound. I mean, I've had one of the worst rebounds I've seen, um, which which went on to lead to bulimia um, and a, a whole host of other eating disorders, was from an extreme calorie deficit with cardio that was stupidly high. And this girl actually came to me um, after a competition, which she pulled out of. She was about one week out. Um, I didn't speak to her for five, six, seven weeks. And she came back and I've never seen anything like that in my life. The rebound was, it was scary. And she said, I'm in a real, real mess. And I think if we bring this back on to topic of the whole detox thing, the the serious effects that a calorie massive calorie reduction can have on a physique in the long term yeah yeah um, I mean, that's why i always sort of try and get people to say test your biochemistry before you start doing stuff like this most bodybuilders out there in, in my opinion at least have a, a a diet issue so they definitely have kind of either um worries about their physique or they just have some kind of dietary problem so whether it be but most of them it's more about eating too much and they they like crap food all the time so you do see all the photos <laughs> after competition look how ripped i am and they're sitting in a burger joint with three burgers and then they're in a pizza joint next and then they're scoffing down 12 donuts and they're like oh i can look like this and eat this much like yeah. as, a, as a badge of honor yeah. and i'm like but you didn't eat that's how you get out of shape like that's not how you got into shape. So how you got into shape was all the broccoli and chicken you've eaten for the last twelve weeks. Yeah, sure, so sure. It's like, yeah, but it's um, it trying to yeah trying to navigate that is is quite difficult for the lay person, I think. So okay, so, so let me throw let me throw another one into the pot while we're on the kind of topic of diet and nutrition. Um, seems to be a lot of myths about protein. Uh, being bad for you um, let's look at just in general too much protein is it bad for kidneys um, where where do we go from there numbers yeah. wise <laughs> um, there's uh, I like I that what... I like that pause I like that eerie yeah. pause <laughs> and <laughs> so but um yeah I guess uh, first off how much people how much protein should people need so most of the research that's out there will range anywhere from 0.8 grams per, per kilo to anywhere up to about 2.2, which has been sort of the fairly decent research. Um, but there are sort of bodybuilders out there, even um, even some some good good ones, you know, sort of Olympic level trainees that um, would advocate having sort of three, even up to I think I saw 3.3 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's like wow. Kai, that's, uh, Kai, Kai Green was famous for smashing something like 600 grams of protein a day. Um, yeah. but obviously, he has serious mass, but that, uh, I think he was up to about 300, uh, 300 pounds. So that's like double. Was that, obviously, was that the guy who ate like a thousand chickens a year or something? 
Oh, it's, it's something ridiculous. Um, uh, <laughs> Kai, incredible physique, um, but some of his philosophies, obviously, I, I, I personally don't agree with what, he, what he's done, but achieved. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about going back to that, like, okay, you know, what's actually happening behind the scenes here? Is it the fact yeah. that they're eating ridiculous amounts of protein? And uh, to, be, to be fair, a lot of protein myths have actually come from the supplement industry. So they yeah. kind of said, oh, we need to take at least three of our shakes a day to even meet 3.3 grams um, of protein per day, per, per pound per day. Um, and, and it's just impossible. Like if you look at it and you think, right, here's a chicken that's going to have, you know, or chicken breast may, may have 25 grams of protein in there. Like how many do you have to eat to have 3.3 grams for, yeah, you know. While, while yeah, we're like, on that topic, while we're on that topic with protein shakes, um, I've been there, I've done it. And Ian, you have fixed me you know um exactly what i'm about to say but yeah i had a lot of health issues for probably a good nine twelve months because um of a massive protein intake which at the time i wasn't aware of now one thing i would say is if you're taking protein shakes is please measure the actual scoop that your protein comes <clears> with <throat> Because whilst most are underdosed, so while while most would say, you know, it's a 25 gram serving, chances are you'll get 19 grams. The company I was using was the, the scoop was double the serving. So <laughs> I, I I had to have uh, 50 grams in a in a in a shake, but I was having two scoops. So I was having three shakes a day. So that's 300 oh, grams of protein and i ran this for at least six to 12 months and i went through all my intolerance tests ian i had numerous blood tests with you and i could not figure out why my health was so bad my cough my digestion my stomach i had a whole host of issues and it turns out that something so simple had dramatic effects on my health so there we go it's too much protein bad for you i'm saying it right here yes it is but can we look at figures and what's because obviously if we take a 88 year old man with 12 percent muscle and we take a 26 year old with 86 percent muscle obviously there's going to be a different intake so how did let's let's try and give the viewers a clearer understanding of of that um Morgs, do you want to take that? Okay. Well, okay. So it's difficult to give exact figures. Now, uh, the person that I actually follow in uh, protein synthesis, um, like protocol, and the way that uh, he does stuff and coaches is, I believe, one of the most foremost people of protein synthesis is a guy called Dr. Lane Norton. Now, he will advocate that you, even as a bodybuilder, as a world class bodybuilder, you do not have to have as much protein as what most people would prescribe. Because most people will do their body weight, so they'll weigh themselves and they'll go exactly as you just said, they'll apply a figure to that weight. Now that's not taking into account any weight, obviously if you're not weighing your muscles. You need to weigh your muscles to know how much protein synthesis that you need, because you're taking into account organ weight, bone weight, everything else that you're then overeating that you, you don't actually need. And the pizza you had last night. Uh, the pizza I had last night, yes. <laughs> um, muscle food, mate, everyone, it's all right. Um, <laughs> it's advertising that. But, 
But yeah, so, so I, I believe, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't apply an exact figure for anyone that you would actually 100% need um, to, to build a muscle. But where most people are taking in, let's say 200 grams of protein, that's often, more often than not, more than they would actually need. I would, I, would probably, I would probably say way more than they need, especially yeah. with females. Yeah, exactly. So like, if you're shooting for that round figure, you're, all you're doing is effectively making your digestive system, your kidneys, work harder to try and get rid of more stuff. Um, yeah. so, so why tax yourself with something you don't need, if you see what I mean? Yeah. No, so, exactly. That's, how, yeah, that's what I always see is kind of people overeating protein and then they're making their kidneys and their liver work harder. And usually they're dehydrated as well, which yeah. just makes the whole thing even worse. I like the fact you have you have just summed me up to a two, because <laughs> every set of bloods I've had with it's Ian, kidney stressed, liver yeah. stressed, uh, and uh, urea content high, yeah. Yeah. dehydrated. <laughs> but sorry, just bring up what you were saying, Ross, about the scoops of protein. Uh, that happened to me yesterday. I weighed my a new. I'm using a new product, um, uh, and I I did the scoop, and it's supposed to be a 30 gram scoop per per serving of uh, this. And uh, I I did a flat scoop, and it was 34 grams straight away. But it tells you to do a heap scoop, so yeah. I would have been more at the 40, say 42 gram um, if I'd done that. So uh, I, I I have to weigh mine every time just because it's it's so inaccurate. Sorry, I think, I, think I'm, I think I'm right in saying that obviously an abundance of protein is converted to carbohydrate anyway within the body. Um, mm. It's a tough way, but yeah. 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 yeah I mean, a, that's a long, long cycle to do that. Um, yeah. But if that was over a prolonged period of time and you are going to be having an, uh, an abundance of protein, if you are following a calorie control deficit and let's say you were following a let's say keto style um again it's going to have serious impacts on on body composition because you know even though your protein is supposed to be high um you're going to get into a, a whole host of issues as to why you're not losing weight so yeah, I, I i definitely tell people to sort of eat more on sort of day, every five days pretty much so they they can sometimes depending on where they are but they can eat maybe a half more calories on that one day than they would do normally so if they're having 2000 calories a day they'll eat 3000 on that one day and then back down to 2000 just to keep the body flexible so it's not getting locked into any particular metabolic rate so otherwise it's kind of it can be a bit detrimental yeah. um but yeah i mean with with protein it's like it's been it's been marked as this like be all and end all nutrient that all you need is protein and you can ca carry on but believe me some of the guys you, you you go to in gyms and you can smell them from like a hundred meters away. <laughs> I, I'm not joking because um, we had a we had a hundred meter running track in one in the club I was in Baker Street in London, um, and you'd you'd walk in the front door and you'd smell this like odor and it wasn't bo it was worse. Um, but it's it horrific. Just, it's like yeah. and it's as like you walk fish. down the gym, yeah. more and more and more, and it'd be like focused around this one guy. I don't know what his diet was, but it was bad. Like, and it would have been savage. Bad about protein, protein to yeah, to the next level. To the max. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, going back to kind of um, sort of things that people can follow, I think one thing is that seems to be true now is that as we get older, we actually need more protein. 
So old, the older generation are not getting enough protein in their diets. Um, and so they actually lose muscle a lot quicker. And if they want to slow down that pro process of muscle loss, they need to make sure they're having adequate protein. And I'm probably yeah. saying, you know, one gram a day um, per kilo of body weight will be totally fine. But a lot of them don't get anywhere near that. So it's no. something that's really important for, for health purposes. Exactly. And they're tying to that as well, that they're, most of them stop weight training stop doing yep. their sport, stop exercising. So they're never going to hold their muscle anyway. So they're on a, a vicious circle or a spiral coming down because they're not getting the protein. They're yep. not getting the, the exercise to actually hold it. So, I mean, mm. as an industry, obviously we're promoting people to, to lift weights, especially women and well, men and guys, but into that older age, keep the muscle, mm. prevent osteoporosis along with good diet. Um, and yeah, stay, stay yes, thin, stay healthy. It's one of the keys to longevity now is osteopenia, which is yeah. muscle loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're, they're linking it to all sorts of saying, basically, the, the more muscle mass you have, the likely you are to live longer. And let's be key, a better lives because we yeah. don't want to live. Longer. Yeah, we don't want to yeah. live longer and be in pain and, uh, and be, you know, diseased or whatever. We want to live yeah. like vibrant lives. And, and to have that, you need yeah. muscle, you need to be functional. Exactly. I, I've got a weird saying that I say to a lot of my clients, and, and you're probably going to laugh, you two. But um, do we really want to hear this? Do we really want to hear this? Ross, Ross, you love this kind of stuff, so uh, you'll love this. <laughs> basically, I view us that we're. What I say to them is, we're basically like flowers, um, because when we are born, we're in fetal position, we're, we're tucked up, we're kind of uh, all braced out, and we grow and we flower, basically, and we stand. If you want to call it anatomical position, we we get up nice and tall, and we keep our posture good. But then, as we get older, we neglect our posterior chain, our, our everything, adaptive shortening of muscles work, everything gets in the way and we become more and more rounded, cathodic, and everything basically leads to us kind of old age walking around with bad posture. Now, as soon as you happen that, the muscles aren't working correctly, you're not in a good position, the posterior chain aren't firing and keeping you in that right position, you develop problems. So the amount of people that are, let's say, 70 plus years old, can't walk properly, starting to basically come forward, they develop the back problems, they get the hips, the knees, everything starts to go. Now, as I say, coming back to the flower, we start to, like a flower, wither and die. Okay, so that's what we're doing as we're getting older. So we, by saying to the clients is, stay a flower, be a flower the whole time, work your posterior chain, keep your, work on your weight, work those muscles that need to keep you functional for longer. It's a bit of a random one. Not a bad analogy. <laughs> that, <laughs> is a, that is oh, a yeah, David, yeah. Attenborough, David Attenborough theory. Maybe, yeah. if, I, right. maybe if I did it in his voice, then then, then that might have been better. Uh, I like mine better. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe save that for your wife at bedtime. <laughs> okay, so yeah, another have, one. Another thing sorry, I wanted to touch on, which is just um, protein-wise, you're never going to get better than real food. So I think yeah. a lot of as we touched on having three protein shakes today to get to these astronomical protein uh, levels is not healthy. Like if you want to see an un a processed unhealthy food or not, well, processed food, uh, a, a powder that tastes like fudge, chocolatey, something or other um, is, is definitely the, in the, in the level. But of course, post-workout is generally where protein shakes really come into their own. So being able to get shut down you know the the uh, the breakdown of muscle and increased muscle synthesis is really important 
um, and it's a great way to have a liquid meal at that point. But to have it in place of other meals uh, or to have it in other various times of day thinking, oh, I need the protein is not uh, recommended, especially by me. And I'm sure probably not by no. you guys. No, uh, uh, like, so, yeah, replace, so, replacing um, a meal. Yeah, go on. While, while we're quickly on that topic, um, post-workout, what is obviously the best? What do we need to replenish with? Protein, yes, and carbohydrate. There seems to be that big myth, you know, do I need that protein shake straight after? Do I have it 90 minutes after, two hours? Um, I believe I'm right in saying we are have like an anabolic window, maybe 90 minutes or so post-training, where we are more susceptible to the uptake of glycogen for replenishment because obviously glycogen is the main fuel that helps muscle contraction um so in terms of post-workout i'm always you know like i said i'm always recommending a protein isolate 25 to 30 grams with a fast release carbohydrate to to help shuttle everything back in. Uh, are you guys on the same page or have you got any other theories? Oops. Ah, right, okay. Um, now, I'm maybe probably different a little bit from you guys uh, on this in the sense of, um, I, yes, I, I believe that there should be a carbohydrate in there. Um, I don't believe that there should be such a spike uh, that you're, you're replacing. But again, I think the anabolic window per se is a little bit um, kind of over-egged. Uh, yeah. if, if you're looking to be a number one uh, best in the world athlete or bodybuilder, then yeah, these are all like one percenters that, that will help you, or I believe, but maybe a little bit more. I'm just throwing figures out there. But I think for the general population that need to be healthy, looking to keep uh, muscle, they don't need to worry about the anabolic windows or even protein shakes, to be honest, if they're even able to eat whole foods regularly and hit over the course of the day. So um, I, I'm more into, uh, and the way that I work with my clients is flexible dieting, as Ian touched on earlier, as in allowing extra days or extra calories and things but uh, on certain days. But it, it, what, I, what I say is that as long as you're getting the nutrients throughout the day, in there so hitting your calories and your macros i still believe you can have optimal health saying that in a uh, a kind of a, uh, a controlled manner because i still believe you could be better if you do follow some protocols with uh, things but but i'm just saying that you, you can eke out just like a one extra percent two extra percent by doing that kind of anabolic window getting something in quickly if you haven't got access to food quickly Afterwards. Yeah. I, I just don't I don't think that it's um, a, a, the be all and end all the, that the fitness stroke bodybuilding industry kind of uh, pushes it on people. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to say, right, this is the perfect um, level. But like, as you say, a lot of people may not need that. And uh, I think a, a lot of people probably wouldn't be training as much as like if you're training five days a week, um, you probably do probably I'd say a protein shake would be a good add on into that because then you're really taking advantage of your of your window of opportunity to recover um if you don't replenish that glycogen quite quickly it can take up to 48 hours to get the glycogen back up to normal levels but if if like most people they train sort of three days a week then there's plenty of time for you to improve those glycogen levels um between workouts so it's not going to be too much of a problem yeah yeah okay um, on on terms oh yeah in terms of uh sorry your question uh in terms of your uh protein shake i'd probably say carb wise um i'm not 
um, to uh, I'm trying to be <laughs> politically politically correct. correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, if you're, it, it's all it's all based on whether or not your body fat percentage is falls within the right categories. So, well, I do biological signature modulation, so I make make sure basically I modify protein shakes to the to the individual. So a lot of protein shakes out there will are be one size fits all basically, which of course when we've got different genders, different ages, we've got different muscle levels, different fat levels, different lifestyles, yada yada, different stress. You're, you can't really level it out but it's quite easy then to say right if for men at least we should be sort of 10% body fat or less um, and for women they should be 16% um, and if they're anything above that then I'll reduce the carbohydrates as they get further and further an obese person um, for as an extreme would not need a, a protein shake with carbohydrate in it because they're looking to reduce their insulin level as low as possible, get, keep their blood sugar down so they then burn body fat. Every time they take something sugary, they're storing their body fat and they're telling their brain to store more body fat, which of course with an obese person with somebody with more fat, it's going to be a lot, lot easier to do. So it's, it's important to, to keep that in mind, I guess, when people are trying to figure out which protein shakes are good for them. Yeah. No, I think like... So there's just one last thing is like the simple thing is supplement supplement is in the fucking title. So it supplement should be there as supplementation, not relied upon. So whole foods, as Ian said earlier, always better supplements only when you need them. Yeah, of course. So to add on to an add on or to supplement your diet. Correct. So low GI, high GI carbs. Um, and let's get on to the topic of brown versus white now there's a big um big myth brown versus white which is better everyone turns to brown so let's just take brown rice for example which takes 78 hours to cook and it's still <laughs> and it's always still hard and in my opinion it doesn't taste quite as good as that white fluffy oh, rice i like that nuttiness that like slight, uh, um, slight taste of it. so if we look at the if we look on the the GI scale or the insulin index, whatever you want to call it, we notice that brown and white rice are pretty much exactly the same in terms of carbohydrate value. Now, I'm I'm I think I'm right in saying that the only difference is fiber content. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter whether you want a portion of white fluffy rice or 70 hour cooked brown nutty rice um obviously it depends on what you prefer but there, there, there there's that massive sort of i've got to have brown rice i've got to have brown pasta i've got to have brown bread because the media over the years has told us that that is better for us and is healthier for us but turns out it's not <laughs> hmm. go on in you can take that one <laughs> um I guess my initial thoughts are that brown um, brown has generally been pushed forward. The, the main benefit, I think, of brown versus white is fiber content, as you as you mentioned. So fiber is good for us in many for many reasons. Good for our microbiome. Um, very good for keeping cholesterol levels where they are, keeping us regular, all that kind of stuff. Again, so that leads into detoxification. Um, so yes, that, there is that side of things. Um, the only problem is a lot of uh, brown products i probably wouldn't keep rice in this 
is that they have gluten and wheat in it, which which in my experience, especially doing a lot of blood testing, is many, many, many people are intolerant to it um, in yep. one form or another. So some people will be celiac, so they'll be completely allergic to it, but other people have a much lower level. Um, I even had a, a friend recently sort of come to me saying he's been to the doctor, he's said all of these, you know, he's had all these tests done, he's not celiac, he's not got thyroid issues, on and on and on. Um, and yet the doctor is basically saying you're totally fine but he's had digestive issues for like 18 months and he's like I don't know what's causing it and so intolerance tests you do that and then all of a sudden you you highlight these areas where it's like this healthy stuff quote unquote is actually not as healthy as it could be for you You take that out no bloating suddenly your abdominals can come out you can lose more body fat you feel better you feel more energized and it's all from taking out a food that's actually causing you more harm than good yeah, I, I bring it up because I've had a few clients who, you know, because on, on the plans, I always do like to give some variety, especially when it comes to carbohydrates, whether it's sweet potato or a white fluffy jacket potato, brown rice, brown pasta, white. Um, and there seems to be that big misunderstanding in my clients turning around saying, well, I've had brown pasta for the last week and I'm really not enjoying it. And I'm saying, well, what do you normally have? I say, well, I normally have white. I say, well, the, the, the nutritional content the 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 gram for gram the calorie intake is pretty much identical and like like steve has referred to um you know we're not talking about the one percent athlete we're talking about general population so i'm saying if you want some fluffy rice have some white fluffy rice if a uh, hundred grams of white fluffy rice is going to virtually be the same in calorie wise is a hundred grams of brown fluffy rice yeah. Yeah, um, I believe that everything in life should be for, for mental health as well as physical, everything in moderation. Right? If you overdo one thing, it's going to be bad for you. If you have 20 litres of water in a day, you're going to fucking hurt yourself and probably <laughs> kill yourself. Uh, oh, also, is, is that not beneficial? You. I've been uh, having no, 28. 28 litres of water a day. Mountain Dew. Yeah, drinking Mountain Dew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> I hope that's a BPA-free bottle as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> plastic free no it's mountain dew <laughs> 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 yeah but, um, like i just uh, like the norm the average population that we're trying to help and coach and maybe um get them some some better results and and, and be be better healthier like it, the, the key is moderation if they're overloading one produce one thing eating let's just say red meat all the time or whatever you've got to have a, a, a good balance and that way if you have a whole balance of everything so some days have some brown rice a little bit of white rice some day like it's whatever works for you at the end of the day because as long as you're not loading in tons of one thing i think mm. you you're going to be okay but if we're talking the trying to get truly optimal results then there are better things that you can do and things that you can cut out and take out the gluten the um lactose whatever you 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 are intolerant and people will uh, not realize that they're actually intolerant to a lot of other things that uh, uh, you wouldn't think you could be intolerant to like my personal case is i'm actually intolerant to onions i have a big uh, problem with that even though so, your nickname is the onion, is onion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which is which is uh, is crazy do you have issues with garlic as well? Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, uh, both, both of those. So I, I have yeah. to be careful. So both of those give me a bloat and real wind uh, gas problems. That's so, the thing. I think people need to, need to look at it and go, okay, what, what do I want? So this is my goal. Yeah. And then 
and then I guess it's up to us as professionals a lot of the time yeah. to say, well, what do you need? And then have yeah. a nice balance between that. So if people have what they want all the time, they may well eat, you know, crap basically most of the time processed foods they'll have they'll have the pasta but they're going to have it with yeah. you know cheese and whatever else on it sort of thing really crank it up um, and they'll have it every single night because they like it and it's it's satisfying and it calms them down and you know there's mm. hormonal reasons behind that but um but having that balance i think it is important and so sort of saying for for somebody who is you know very overweight or wants to lose body fat that carbohydrates completely yeah. off limits is is not what I'd say is a, is a good way yeah. to look at it. There are healthy options for it. And, you know, they're looking at sort of carbohydrates now that they all feed our microbiome. So if we're having a, you know, a pure carbohydrate-free diet, we're completely changing the, the sort of makeup of our, of our guts, which won't necessarily lead to good health. So we need to make sure we feed these things in our bodies because they're just as important to our health as uh, what we eat or exercising and all this kind of stuff. So it's important to... Right. Or to wrench, yeah. I think, between what they need and what they want. Yeah, okay. you know, I, I'm, I'm of a believer that you can, well, and I've seen it done many times and done it with clients as well. You can achieve incredible physique externally. So the way you look by sometimes eating crap, as long as you're controlling macros, creating calorific deficits, you are not going to be healthy inside, though. So you've got to weigh up like you need health as well. You can achieve incredible results and look great by eating the stuff that still fits within a protocol macros calories that kind of stuff but you're never going to be healthy internally as well or not as healthy as you could be and you could by changing some of that crap be even better again making those those extra percentage gains and I yeah. think so to sum it up i would i would say that everybody is unique everybody is different and therefore you cannot just take what your friends doing what your mum's doing you cannot just jump on the bandwagon in a bid that it's going to do the same with you you cannot just go and buy skinny tea and lose seven pounds you cannot just eat brown rice and lose x amount or look x way because the genetic makeup as you've said before ian ethnicity age muscle mass body fat there are so many variables and unless you have a coach who is prepared to sit down and understand your journey so far, your makeup, what food you prefer, your intolerances, um, your sleep, your hydration. Unless you're, you you have a coach who is willing to do that for you, um, I genuinely believe that you will be looking the same five, six, seven years on from now. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it is in in that level of um sort of i'll i'll cut my calories and i'll lose weight and then all will be fine um and you know you can't indefinitely cut calories because your body your metabolic rate will adjust to it and it will keep going down and down and down so in terms of sort of nutrition of food you can eat 2000 calories of, of crappy food um and i i mean more of you might have seen it but I've, I've not seen it myself where you know if you're eating crap um then you're and you and look to look good maybe sort of a calorie thing but the willpower it takes to eat bad food and maintain a, a, a normal calorie or a calorie deficit is in my opinion probably impossible so i've never i've never seen anyone do it well uh, at least um, for more than three months so if you want long-term results you've got to focus on the nutrition side of things you've got to think about okay 
is it brown rice or is it white rice then it's probably brown rice because it has more nutrients in it but i wouldn't say white rice is completely off limits um what i would say is off limits is throwing donuts and stuff into that mix and being like right is it donuts or is it brown rice (laughs) well it's donuts every time donuts every time (laughs) that's got to come down to a little bit of just common sense as well as in like people if they aren't using a coach and people aren't training them they've got to realize that obviously processed sugary uh fast acting carbohydrates is obviously not going it's going to have its place like if we're talking like that post shake but otherwise like who's going to eat a donut and go oh i'm going to be in better shape than if i have a piece of broccoli yeah like yeah so the the end result (laughs) is everyone knows what they need to do but no one's prepared to put the work in basically well yeah yeah it's sacrifices yeah, yeah, there's that. I think that you see it every now and again on social media where they have this cartoon of people saying, Who wants to change? and everybody's raising their hand, and then they're like, Right, who wants to change? and nobody raises and their no hand. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe there's like, a maybe there's a whole nother episode for a podcast about um motivation and uh pulling your effing finger out of your ass. But <laughs> let's um let's tie it off there guys we will be back um to answer any more of your questions or myths obviously we all have our own handles um ian where can we find you you can find me on instagram which is just health underscore performance 101 or on youtube which is simply performance 101 um and there's my website of course which is perfectperformancecoaching.com and steve uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Morgan Health and Fitness. Uh, website is www.morganhealthandfitness.co.uk. Uh, and uh, same for YouTube, so Morgan Health and Fitness. So Perfect. very easy to remember. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned for more content from all three of us. Um, go hit like, share, subscribe. And uh, don't drink skinny tea. Catch you on the next episode, guys. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Good to meet you. Cheers.